Hi, and welcome to Buy Back The Block series, where we talk everything real estate and investment. We believe in empowering those in our communities to take pride in where they live and to share stories of journeys traveled in their successes. Every journey is unique, but also important as it provides an opportunity for those in the community to learn and progress through the experiences of others. There is infinite power that exists through collectively working together. In today's episode, we speak to Julian Ansa, who shares his journey from a burgeoning hip-hop career to houses and real estate. His property investing journey started initially through buy-to-lets and multi-lets and developing his strategy over the years, which now includes high cash flowing and capital growth HMOs, rent-to-rent, land purchasing and crowdfunding developments. These are what he calls his side hustles. He also works in cybersecurity sales across Europe. He considers his deal making as being his fascination and considers the skills he has transferred to the property game. Julian says property is a secure vehicle to passive income, financial freedom, financial wealth and his why. It has enabled him to provide more for his family and live the life he chooses on his terms. So I ask a question, as I always do, who are you, Julian Ace Answer? So I'm Julian Ace Answer is my social media persona. Um, the Ace was a nickname um, right. that I had from, from growing up. I always, so that's where the Ace, the, I, the Ace comes into it. I actually, I actually wondered uh, if that was the name that was bestowed on you by your your parents or whether or not it was a it was a friendly name. <laughs> so, so I'll give you a little history quickly on that. So when I was in my late teens, um, I used to rap. So I was in a rap group and initially it was called Ace J and then it got shortened to just Ace from, you know, we always used to play blackjack. So the, the, um, the rap or hip hop group, um, th- this was around the early 90s, was yeah. called Upfront Rudy's back in back in the um, early nineties, we had we had an EP um, that we released, and we used to do um, a lot of like underground hip hop shows, and we and we also got to do a, a, a few big big concerts as well Correct. back then. Yeah. So we done we done some shows with uh, Naughty by Nature, if you remember them. What? How can you forget um, them? Hip hop array. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, who else did we do? We done um, House of Pain. We done a, a big concert in at the Hippodrome. With House of Pain, and I think I think we also done Salt and Pepper. So, wow, okay. th- th- those are the, those are the, the, the notable acts that we done shows with back back in those those days. But okay. that's where the ace comes from. Oh right, okay, okay. I mean, it's not it's not every day that you 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 meet someone that um, shared the stage with some big names from the nineties. What they call the, the golden era of of hip hop. But anyway, yeah. look, let me not let me not uh, command the conversation. Um, so. I take it you're of Ghanaian heritage, aren't you? Yes. So the other part, it, it, obviously, there's always details in the name. So um, Ansa or Ansa, as they would say in Ghana, um, is a is a Ghanaian um, surname. So that's that's where my heritage um, is. So I'm a, a British Ghanaian. Right. Okay. So is it is it some is it somewhere that you visit quite often? Do you have a very tight um, connect to Ghana? So yes, so um, again, just to share a bit of a backdrop. So the first time um, I ever w- went to Ghana was back in uh, 1986 when I was uh, probably about 
13 or 14. Our, our mum, you know, sent us there on a summer holiday, so we were there for the six weeks. Um, so I hadn't been to Ghana um, since 1986. The next time we had the opportunity to go was around 2012. Wow. So 2012, I went there and I was just, you know, blown away. Uh, I, I went there with my my two sons and okay. before we even came back, I just said to my wife, I'm booking t- tickets, we're coming back again at Christmas. And then since then, we, we've, we've gone every year. Wow. So uh, okay. we've gone as a family every year and I've gone on a, a few extra, extra trips and um, done some events and business out there as well um, okay. in between. So, yeah. Right now, it is somewhere that I try to get to at least once or twice a year. Okay. So let me ask this question. So you're, you're from a Ghanaian family. Do you have any siblings or uh, you grew up with your parents? What, what, what was the sort of makeup of your family? Right. So our family, um, um, taking me back, my, my mum came to the UK um, when she was 21 back in the early, early 1970s. Uh, my dad, my dad had come um, in the late sixties. So, um, as with a lot of families, um, it, we grew up in a single parent family. So our mum raised us. Um, okay. You know, I've got a brother. I've also got a sister, um, as well as extend, you know, um, brothers and sisters um, from my dad's side as well. Okay. Um, so yeah, so, so basically, yeah, grew up with with, with my mum. So I was I was born in um, South London. Um, spent our kind of early childhood around South London and then um, teenage years I grew up just outside of London in a place called Camberley um, okay. that's where I went to like high school and college uh, and then moved back to, to London but yeah we, we grew up with our mum you know like a lot of kids we, we grew up on a council estate yeah. so um, you know back then everyone knew everyone in the area um, yeah. you, you know you, you so you real played com- with everyone. Real community. Yes. Yeah. 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 I could. I could imagine. Um, I mean, my my upbringing is, is pretty similar. Um, very much. I've got cousins now who aren't my cousins, but we've go back so far that they become relatives, pretty much. You know. Right. But I think from the fact that you share, for a lot of people, the fact that you share um, the same identity from being of immigrant parents. A lot mm-hmm. of time from an African nation, there is that bond that carries you through. And it seemed to be, especially in the 80s and 90s, um, there was an influx of, um, of immigrants um, mm-hmm. uh, who, who, were put, who, were, who were put in these locations. And you sort of built a community based on uh, around that. You know, I mean, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it, wasn't, it wasn't foreign for a person to wake up and be sent, hey, go next door and get some sugar from next door. You know who happens to be the Gam- the Gambian family or the Nigerian family because it's that sort right. of it's that sort of network that you're you're used to building up. You know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 let me ask this question. So in the case of your mother, like what what I mean, what what was her line of work? Was she was she a professional or uh, what was what, what? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah. So, so my mum's line of work was she 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 came over to the uk to her her initial plan was she was coming over to study nursing um with the with the plan of going back to ghana once she um you know got her qualifications um but you know one thing led to another she met my dad um they got married she started out she had children and you know she did start to develop her nursing career 
um, over here. So the other good thing for my mum was that she had, you know, other friends and um, uh, older brother who was also uh, in the UK before she came over here. So as you mentioned a moment ago, um, you know, the, the good thing when they came over was they had a good, strong network of community um, around, yeah. you know, that made the, the transition. Because you imagine that, you know, um, 21 leaving, you, you know, your, your country where you've had all your, your family and support to coming over to a, a foreign country. Absolutely, um, I do. Yeah, and just that that environment, you know, they they had challenges when they came over because in in the hospitals in those days, um, you know, issues like racism was a bit more prevalent. You know, patients yeah. didn't want um, to be served. you know to to be touched or um, treated, you know, by black or um, Asian, Asian yeah. etc. So then they were very vocal about it in those days. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but yeah. But, you know, my mum. You know, they they all had um, you know a good good strength and you know the ability to you know make that transition and just get on and work hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so for you, I mean, what sort of? I mean, who? How would you define yourself? I mean, growing up um, in a council estate, developing your own life. I mean, you've spoken about having a music career. What was your upbringing like as an individual? I'm bringing as, a, as a, an individual. My mum, you know, had a huge kind of influence um, in our lives, just in terms of, um, you know, her work ethic. You know, the, the struggle that she also had to go through in terms of um, raising raising her family, um, and also at the same time, you know, the relationship. So you, you know, we, we, we you, you know, we had good, you know, very social um, relationships with people around us. Um, you know our extended family, etc. And for for me growing up, um, I think part of that, you know, the the hard work and the ethic that the, my mum had, and also, you know, it also put an onus that I'm the eldest out of our siblings oh, as well. Right, so okay. it puts the onus on that kind of um, taking a bit more responsibility yeah. um, at a young age. So I always remember we, we were very, you know, industrious in terms of, you know, the little hustles that we would have. So whether that would be, you know, car washing, um, you know, when it was winter time, you know, going out with a spade and, sh- uh, you know, shoveling, um, cleaning people's driveways or, you know, yeah. Halloween or Christmas time, you know, you, you, you're out doing um you know, trick-or-treating or, or Christmas carol singing. So we were always... Yeah, kind of, you know, had that hustle ethic from from a young age. Right. Okay. How, how would you define your brothers and sisters? Have they? Have you all sort of? Are you like a very close knit family, or is it a case where everyone's pretty much done their own thing? How exactly have you have you progressed yourself around it, it, that? It, it, right. Okay. So, so family, we've all, we've all been um, very close knit. So, in terms of um, relationships, and I'll, I'll probably touch on it in terms of um, when we get to the property journey side of things. Uh, we've all we've all had um, a good close relationship from uh, when we've grown up, um, even to to this day. And I think that's that's something important, um, you know, in terms of just how we've all been successful um, in our own rights as well. What about your education? Mm-hmm. How exactly has that played a part or helped you to grow and develop? What's 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 your what's your career history and your education been like? In my education, right, okay. So, council estates, just to also go back to my mum's work ethic, 
she was able to, um, uh, what it, for us to get get a house wow, um, okay. when we were still quite quite young. So she she we got moved out of the estate into a into a three bedroom house, right. and um, after a few years of, of being in the house, she was able to purchase that house. Right. Okay. So again, you'll hear later on in my journey that you know those same principles or ethic that she had. Yeah. is ultimately what what we, what we also were able to do when, when we got to um, our adult ages. Yeah. But going back to the education um, side of your question, so I um, was at secondary school, um, finished secondary school with, um, you know, all my main GCSEs. Yeah. I, I was at an A-grade a, a student, uh, right. but I still managed to get the, I think mean, back then in the, the late 80s, as long as you got like above a, a C, yeah, you you kind of had the the the, the GCSE qualification. So yeah. I think there was a few subjects that were tough for me, but in the main, I got the the grades to to get into um, college yeah. at the time. Okay. So so I, I went from school to um, college, and I studied um, business and leisure management. Right. So okay. in my high school in my high school years, I was very much. Um, into sports, I played in all the all the teams: the football team, the rugby team, the athletics team, yeah. everything. Yeah. Um, so, so there was that kind of sport aspect to you know what I really enjoyed doing. Right. Okay. Uh, and then um, I also kind of, like I said, I, I like the business side of things. So at the time, they had business and leisure management, so it kind of ticked the boxes for me in terms of. I could do a bit of the academic stuff to, to also keep my mum happy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then it had, it had the um, leisure side of things as well, which which kept me interested as well. It's interesting you should say that because you mentioned to keep your mother happy. Does that mean mm-hmm. that in the, in the choice of career that you went into, your parents or your mother had a lot of influence in that? No. So, so I, I wouldn't, I, I, get, I get where you're coming from here. So I know with some, um, people, their parents really had an emphasis on, right, we want you to be a, a, a doctor or we want you to be a lawyer, etc. But yeah. uh, with my mum, it was probably more the sense of, um, I just want you to be doing something that's got a bit more purpose to it. Right. Um, so, 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 so it was more, it was my choice of what I wanted to go and do. Um, but I think that in terms of that statement there, it's more, in terms of okay, he's doing something that's business. There's something longer term that he's going to gain from from doing something like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I get you. So you've you've mentioned a, a, a few uh, things to me. Um, I know that you've done the music stuff. You've also spoken about being rather entrepreneurial at the very beginning, talking about cleaning of cars and you know going out there and doing stuff which is i mean i think it's in line with what your mother was saying she wants to see you out there doing stuff rather than just you know wasting away has there been any right. other ventures that you've actually got into along the way apart from these ones i mean i'm sure you've done that at the early at an earlier age but as you've grown let's say into your teens were there other ventures that you played around with before you got into the full swing of property right okay yeah so so another another thing that was quite interesting that we used to do was um, um what do you call it golf caddying. Golf so caddying. Go- wow. Golf okay. golf <laughs> caddying. So, so imagine we golf caddying. Um, like I said, we we lived in a place called Cavley, which was um, a predominantly white area, um, about you know twenty thirty miles outside of London. Okay. So the, the the golf caddying. If you can imagine, we're like thirteen fourteen years old. Um, we used to rock up um, to these. 
um, to the golf club. And you used to hang around, and then these guys used to come and, um, you know, you carry their golf clubs around doing the round. Yeah. So at, at 13, 14, when you're making like 100 pounds a day. Wow. Doing <laughs> so so we, we used to make about 80 to 100 pounds a day um, doing a couple of rounds. That's not bad so, at all. So our summer holidays, you know, you can imagine it was like, yeah, let's see, you know, how much we, we could be making doing, you know, doing this golf caddying. And we only used to bring like our really close friends into it because we knew it was quite lucrative. We didn't want it. <laughs> but yeah, so I used to do that. Used to do um, you know other things like you know when I was at college. I know we had like a, I had like a cleaning job. Oh wow! So, so again, we, we used to do things. That, uh, people never used to think we worked, which was the other cool thing. So we used to do jobs that still allowed you to. It just seemed like, yeah, you, you kind of had all the latest clothes, etc., yeah. um, and you had time. So we used to do, like, cleaning jobs early in the morning. <laughs> um, so, again, we were earning money, um, but we were still able to be around for the whole day. So people just used to think, like, you know, you know, where do these guys get their money from? I think, I think that's the equivalent of an online, having an online business in, in those times, wasn't it? Because... Uh, uh, it, 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 from from a distance, it looks like it's an easy thing. Um, you're there for the standard hours. You're doing stuff pretty um, out of uh, out of sync of the average person. But then you can yeah. still afford to get the stuff that you want, and it doesn't look like you're struggling to do it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's an interesting one. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, I think I think the location definitely served um, served the purpose in that case. So yeah. so so you so you've done those sorts of businesses. Um, you've moved on. Um, you're growing now. You're in college. Yeah. Uh, what about university? Uh, did you did you go to university? No. So so for me, um, I, I I never went to university. So okay. came out of college, and then I was um, for me I was working part time. I, I back in those days there used to be a record store called Our Price. Yeah, I'm not too Price. sure. If you, I remember. You remember Our Price? Yeah. I think mean, HMV still around now, but Our Price was like the yeah, the, four, the forerunner to HMV. So yeah. I used to work for our price after I, I finished um, college and then we, we was doing music at the same time. So right. I had a balance in terms of I was able to have a bit of an income coming in um, and, and, do the, and do the music for a few years. Yeah. yeah. And then, you, you know, um, in those days, it wasn't like now where, you know, a lot of guys, people are getting signed at a young age and, you know, they're able to make a living off it. Yeah. So... Um, I then transitioned and got into um, media advertising. Okay, okay, okay. So is that is that, was is that, it was that more of your um, so you're you're out of college now? Was it full time so, that you were doing that? Was that as a, as a career choice until your your music thing um, would kick off, uh, or was yeah, it still so, just so, a part time thing? So, so um, just to put some context around it, it was college finished college was working part-time at our price and doing music yeah. for about th three or four years yeah. and then transitioned into like music's not going to be paying me what I need to make my own living now. Yeah. And I needed to, to get, to get a, a job that was going to be paying me a proper income. Right. Okay. So, so that's when I got into um, media advertising. So I worked for a company who sold the, airtime space on the ITV networks. Right. Okay. So what we, what, we, what, we, what we were in essence, we were the middle people, we were the sales people between 
um, the brands, okay, and um, the advertising agencies. Right. Okay. 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 So, so, so that's that. That that was a sales role, and it's really kind of where my sales professional yeah. career started. Right. Okay. Okay. So, so I've um, I've done um, advertising sales. Yeah. And then someone said to me, "You can make a lot of money if you go into doing um, IT or computer sales." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So at that time, I, um, after doing the media sales for a couple of years, I applied for a job for one of Alan Sugar's companies, right? Okay. Um, called Viglan. So um, Alan Sugar, in many of his ventures, has a PC manufacturing um, business called Viglan. Right. Okay. So I applied there, and I got a, a, a telesales role. Um, basically selling um, um, custom-made PCs. Right, okay. So we used, to, we used to sell a lot into the, you know, kind of education and, and universities. Right, okay. Uh, and and that's, that basically just transitioned me, um, and I'm still in the kind of IT yeah. and tech space um, till today. But that, right. that was where my... my um, career started within within that space. So so would you say that you, you have like... Um a strong interest in IT or is it a case that you're in it mainly because that is what you've always done? If you get what I mean. So in, in yeah. the sense of, is there a passion that's associated with it or is it rather something that you really just used to, 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 to get by? No. So, so for me, it, the passion is in doing business in doing sales right. in doing deals in meet, you know, the engagement with people yeah. And you know, even as my career has evolved now, so I, I work um, across Europe. So again, my sales career has um, you know progressed and, and widened as well. So in, in those days, that was a stepping stone in terms of me coming into this industry. Yeah. Uh, but I actually, I actually have a, a passion. I'm, I'm not your techie kind of person. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm your I'm your business person and the, the, the guy who likes to talk around the story around, you know, what the technology can do, do and, right, and the okay. that it can make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I get, I get it, I get it. I get, I get the sort of um, picture. You're more of a, um, you're, you're more of a deal maker. Yeah. And you like, you like the transactional um, aspects associated with um, sales and, and business in general. Yeah. Um, rather than the technology itself. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so I'm into technology. Yeah. But I'm not. I'm not your guy who gets into the the programming, the coding. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and yeah. <laughs> okay. That's fair enough. That's fair enough. So okay. So let's let's so let's move this on a bit. So you've spoken about your career um, and what you've been doing by way of sales. How mm -hmm. did the, how did the transition move from there into hey, let me look at um, investment opportunities in in, in property. Right. Okay. So, so in terms of property um, and the investment journey, uh, we I, when I say we, I'm talking myself or my wife. We 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 kind of um, naturally fell into it, and right. I'll explain what I mean when I say that. So, um, I, I got married in 2000. Um, at that at that time, we, we, again, my, um, we had a, a council flat. Yeah, uh, which at the time, so we had we had a council flat, and um, you know, councils, as, as people know, offer you know, you an amazing offer where they do right to buy. Absolutely. And I, 
I say amazing offer because, you know, um, you know, nowadays people are always looking for below market value deals. But if you're in a, a, a council property and you're listening to this and you've got the ability to buy your council property, that's a, a below market value deal because the council will sell it to you. I think at the time it was 25% below what the market value is. Wow, that's not bad at all. Yeah. So, 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 so at, the, at the time, our, our mindset was just, yeah, we need to buy somewhere for us, and, you know, as, as a family. So that that was that was the mindset was yeah we just need to be able to buy somewhere yeah so we 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 purchased the, the flat um, after a couple of years our family started to grow and we knew yeah we need to uh, be looking to buy somewhere else uh, because you know we don't want to be in a flat with a growing family absolutely and at the same time I knew that it didn't make sense in you know because a lot of people would say yeah just sell the property you've got. And then, you know, the money that you've got from the, the, the property that you sell, you can go and buy um, a place for yourself. But in my mind, it was like, no, we got this place, a, a, a really good deal. And it would be best if we could try and keep this or leverage it to be able to then buy, you know, um, our next place. Yeah. And, and so that is what we worked at doing. So we basically, um, you know, found a lender who could um, kind of facilitate what we were trying to achieve. Yep. And we were able to buy our family house. Yep. Um, and then I was able to rent after a few, you know, you have to um, have the flat for a few years, but I was then able to rent the flat out of which I'd done that again, instinctively. I thought um, I could get more money if I'm renting out the rooms individually than if I rented out, you know, the whole flat to a single, a single person. So, I mean, so this seems like this must've been pre pre HMO times. Was this before? Um... This, this was, uh, this was the, uh, um, kind of around 2004. Right. Okay. Okay. That, okay. 2004, yeah. 2004 period. Right. Okay. So this, this, this wasn't a HMO. It was just a multi-let because there's a different HMOs is different depending on, um, you know, the councils and how many, you know, non-related people you have right, living okay. in a property. So it was just a, a multi-let, um, which, which tended to be, um, you know, a couple of people in there would be, hey, I'm renting here. And oh, by the way, I've got another friend who's coming over to, from Spain. Uh, yeah. Could they rent one of the rooms? Right. So, okay. it, it, so, so it, it, it always worked um, well for us. And that, that's, that's how I, we, we kind of got into the, um, the, uh, our property investment journey. Right. Okay. Okay. So you're now renting out. You've, you've bought a place. You're now renting. You're now renting rooms out as a as a multi let. Um, mm-hmm. I know that you also got into um, like the rent to rent thing. I mean, what happened? What happened there? How did you progress from doing what you're doing there to hey, let me let let me take on additional uh, uh, properties and, and undertake the same sort of activity. Right. Okay. So rent to rent again. I, I I was in a comfort zone just doing what we what we were doing, and you know I'm I'm working developing my career. Yeah. So years down the line, um, I just got into uh, attending a property network event, uh, and and started. So so the property networking event um, that was close to me that I started attending. It was called the Berkshire Property Meet. Okay. So really like lively property event. You, you, you'd have around 200 people 
um, coming down to the, the holiday in in Maidenhead. Yeah, and um, yeah, live lively bunch. Of, you know, that was my first introduction to, into property network meets. Yeah. So they would have a specific property topic being discussed. You know, that evening. So whether it was um, buy to lets, whether it was HMOs, where you know different strategies that people people would speak on, um, and then you'd have the networking. Yeah. So it was around that time, you know, that I started um, getting into books like, um, which call it Property Magic by right. Simon Zucci. Yeah. And then there was another book at the um, time called Rent. It was, uh, it was a rent to rent book. I, I can't remember the name of the author off, off the top of the head, but I'll, I'll try and find it to send it to you. But I read her book, and really how she wrote her, her rent to rent book was just her documenting her journey from when she got her first property, you know, the whole process that she would go through from, you know, doing them up mm-hmm. and getting the tenants in. So it was like a nice journal. And I said, that, that's something that, that, that I'd like to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it was interesting. What I then done was, you know, start to watch a lot of the kind of online, um, you know, videos that people would do around, you know, rent to rent. Yeah. Uh, and then I invested in a course, um, with the multi-let cash flow system, right, so, okay. so they they ran a, uh, they ran a I think it was like a, a, a one day full full blown course. Okay. And the good thing there was it, it got into all the details. So there's there's I think people again people listening to this there's the buzz about yeah rent to rent you know you you don't have to have much money or no money down and there's the buzz about yeah you can just uh, take on someone's property and um, you know, be renting the rooms out, but there's a lot of detail in that goes into that, that that people need to be aware of in terms of compliancy. You know, um, regulations. Um, you know, your accounting. How 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 are you setting your business up, etc. Yeah, yeah. So so that that investment in that that one that kind of intense one day course was a very good grounding in terms of getting into the detail. You know, the, the, the multi-let, multi-let cash flow team also provided you, based on where you're located, they provided you with all the details of HMO landlords in the area. Right. And, you know, the, you know your kind of marketing strategies and contracts, etc. So it was a good, you know, really good grounding in terms of, okay, this is the knowledge that, that I can now go and put into practice. Right, okay. So, um, so, so you, so you actually invested, so you actually did one of these, um, one of these courses that I know that a lot of people, I know there's a lot of those courses that are out there, but it's been able to identify which ones are actually good. How, how did you actually, um, how did you actually identify that that was a particular course that you wanted to do and that, um, right. it was that provider that you would actually go with? Right. Okay. That, that's a really good question because as you've rightly said, there are a lot of courses that are out there and, and the question is, which course is going to be, you know, right, right for you as an individual, and also which course is, you know, uh, the course that they're going to give you the content or the materials yeah. that you can actually tangibly go away and just, you, you know, in essence, just have the business in a box, just yeah. ready to go out there and, um, you, you know, hit the road running. Absolutely. Uh, so, so how how I done that was uh, the network meet that I used to go to. Um, the multi-let cash flow team used to speak or spoke on some occasions there. So one, I got to build a bit of a rapport with the guys that actually ran the course to, you know, to get to know them and, and kind of know 
you know, where their motivations or their, their mind was at because yeah. I think you get some people where the motivation is they just want to get you to sign up to get money off you, but they're not delivering, um, the, you know, the value in, in terms of the content and the material. But then other people are out there who are genuine, genuinely wanting to add value to people and to see people be successful. Yeah. Um, and and that's that, that's what the, the, the you know the guys that I signed up with that's what uh, that's what they they were about and they were also about building a community yeah. a support community as well so yeah community um, yeah that's always that's yeah. always important that's always important yeah I mean I mean I've I've been um, I've been an advocate for you know um, form, forming a networking community that you can constantly um, draw down on. Because I mean, like all things, you can't know everything. You'd need someone who can support you, um, and at the same time, that you can both bounce ideas off um, as to how you think things should work or what strategies have actually worked for you and, and against yeah. you. You know, I mean, I say to, I say to people all the time that um, uh, sometimes, and a lot of the time, it's not just about um, celebrating those wins and understanding those things that work. But it's, under, it's, a, it's also about not knowing the things that don't work, so you don't waste your mm-hmm. time um, working on bits uh, that, that 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 have no fruition or no no output for you. So so let me so let me let me ask you this question. I, I mean, in in the case of your life and um, and of property, uh, also, have there been any defining moments for you, either by way of you might consider a loss that you've taken? that have made you into what you are today or have led you down a particular path? Right. Okay. So in, t- in terms of property, um, I haven't got, you know, any of those major horror stories like, Hey, I lost, yeah. you know, like thousands of pounds on it, on a deal or, um, yeah. you know, we, we, we done something in partnership with, with someone who, 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 you know, where we've lost a lot of money. There are, um, the, you know, the, what I'd say is there's the day-to-day mundane things yeah. that, that happen. So you've got things where, you know, it's, it's maintenance issues or, um, uh, what do you call it? You, you know, if you've got, uh, again, I haven't had major challenges with, yeah. with, with tenants, but you, you, you come up against those things and it's being able to manage, um, you know, people or, um, the, the, you know, the way in which you, hand, you, you handle you know, situations. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I, I'd say in terms of the, the, the kind of wow, the wow moment yeah. for me is in ter- you know, with the places that where we've actually bought or, or purchased properties, mm-hmm. it's that, that, that period, it, it's the speed of how quickly time goes. Yeah. And then you're looking back and saying, wow, th- that place we bought that for X amount and it's gone up. It's doubled in value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and and, and it, I think it's those moments where you know you can really appreciate that. Okay, I'm, I'm glad we made that decision back then because, um, you know, when there's been periods of time where we've needed to get extra capital, etc., or we, you know, we've had personal things that we've needed to do. Yeah, you can leverage um, on 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 those investments. Absolutely, absolutely. So you look back and you and and you were saying the case of property. It has been pretty good for you. There hasn't been really been that many, that many down uh, situations. Yeah, yes. in, 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 in a, from a personal standpoint, mm-hmm. um, you, you know, in, in life, the, the driver's been. The, the, you know, it's not every time that you, you know you're, you're dealt a good hand in, in, in life. 
And for us, you know, that you know, having that ethic or seeing that strength in character um, in my mum or you know other people that are close to us um, has, has been a big inspiration. Or you know, you can appreciate um, you know either what, what what we have today or that motivates. You know, that's the drive, the motivation in terms of you know knowing those sacrifices that were made um, before me. Yeah, I get, I get you. I mean, I see, yeah. I see that you mentioned you mentioned your wife uh, a lot of the time um, around mm-hmm. the stuff that you've you've done. Um, obviously, she's she, she's obviously had an input on uh, in what you're doing and your and your fascination or interest in property. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in in your in your view, um, in relation to a life partner, how, mm-hmm. how much how much of an influence has that had in your life? The the, the right the right choice of uh, of life partner. Oh, it's, it's, it's been central to my life and, and, and key because I, I always I always say this to, um, to people, which is, you know, when you're with your life partner, you're building a life together, but you're also building that wealth together. So in, ter- in terms of those decisions um, with me, I, I think I'm the, guy, I'm the type of person, um, profile of, or personality where it's like I'm looking at the, the big picture um, yes. result yeah yeah and my wife can be the have we considered this or don't rush to do this so that that's there's, so there's checks and balances balance. she she brings a balance yeah yeah, yeah. so she, she can be the, the balance in terms of also making me make sure that i'm, I'm thinking yeah thinking it through yes yeah. or, or or not making a rash decision that could have a more detrimental um effect Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, I think, I mean, just like any sort of business relationship where you would expect people to have different skills is the same with, it's the same with a, a, a marriage um, and the selection mm-hmm. of, and, and the selection of your, um, your, your, your partner, because absolutely, I mean, not to, not, not to pigeonhole women in any way, in any way or fashion, but I think that guys are a lot of the time, very, very good with strategic thinking and mm-hmm. the women can absolutely contribute to that by um by um add, adding some rationale and uh, logic to the decisions that we make um yeah. i mean I'm, I'm 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 the same i mean my partner will always will always check me as to um just the next step that i'm making and making sure that it is um the right step for this particular point in time um yeah. and then, so 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 a lot of the time i mean you can go into a venture the numbers look great at the beginning but sometimes you need a person to say to you hey is this actually what you want? Are you just chasing this this project because mm-hmm. on because you think there's a great there's a great output at the end? You know you need to you need you need, you need to figure out what it is you actually want out of your life and also yeah. establish um, whether or not this plan in which you're going down is actually going to meet that meet that objective. You know? Yeah, no, I mean, definitely. I mean, I I always have this I always have this thing that uh, I prefer not to look at other people and other people's and how they've actually um, equated. Uh, success certain people will look at a project and say I'm, I'm about to get a whole bunch of money at the end of it but if at the end of it um you need to ask yourself what are the costs certain people want to go into mm-hmm. deals and god blimey this is a lot of uh, police sirens out here um a lot, a, lot, <laughs> a lot of people actually go out into these uh, deals but at what cost do they actually pay certain people come mm-hmm. out of uh you might do a property deal and at the end of it all you've got no wife or you've, you, you no longer see your kids grow up. 
You know, you need to yeah. figure out what is actually important to you because it's not just a financial uh, situation that you're looking at. You're looking at the, the impact on um, your experiences and what you've actually what you're actually missing out on. And is that balance yeah. actually right? You need to look at that uh, uh, also. I mean, yeah, and, yeah. and I, th- I think the other thing there, like you said, is um, is timing. Absolutely. So, so, so they're, 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 I always say to people uh, the, the phrase I use called seasons and stages of life. So, so there, there are st- there, there's timing where you know, with, with me, I've got my ch- my children are um, teenagers and, and young adults now. But there, there's the season where they were a lot younger, which would have meant um, if I was taking on too much, you know, would that have had a detrimental impact? in terms of my time or, or, you know, relationships with them in that stage of their life. Um, when, when you look at, um, you, you know, you, you know, as they get older, then you've got the time now where, you know, if I'm evolving into, say, for example, doing development or something or doing something abroad, I've got more time, um, you know, to myself to then be able to, to focus, you know, to focus on those things. Absolutely. Absolutely, and so so um, I mean, you 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 mentioned something uh, about uh, timing and things in which you're, you you work on. I know that you do. I know that you do that. The, the, you've done some rent to rent. I know that you've um, you rent out stuff also. And um, what I mean, what mm-hmm. I mean, in, in what what else what else do you do? I know. I think you do you do developments, don't you? So so de- developments um, again. Again, it's another another good point you've raised. So developments. Uh, because I work um, within sales and uh, my work also involves a lot of travel um, abroad, um, developments is something that I'm interested in. And so what I've done to enable me to kind of get involved in developments is I've used um, crowdfunding. Wow. Okay. Yep. So um, crowdfunding, there's a a platform that I use which is called Simply um, Crowdfund, which gives Invest, you know, people the opportunity to get involved in development projects, right. but not hands on. Okay, so okay, so so let me so let me take this back. So what you're saying mm-hmm. is, there are currently platforms that are out there that allow you to invest. Is there a minimum amount in which you can invest? So minimum, it could be it could range from as small as a hundred pounds. Right, and you can actually invest into a development project of some sort, wherever it is, and. Yes. Rather than you having to control and manage the whole project, you're 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 you you, pr- you practically become a shareholder of some sort. Yeah, in the development project, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Okay. And then, so, so on the sale of this development, then you will get a return on it. Is that how it works? That's how it works. Absolutely. Right. And how long do so, you? So, okay, go on. You go on. Yeah, I was going to say. So, so the. Um, the I was going to say it's developments and also um, purchasing of properties as, as well that you can use crowd crowdfunding um, platforms on. Right. Okay. So you're buying stuff. Um, so potentially houses that you could later develop out, and there's also sites, so like land sites and that sort of thing that you get involved in. Yeah, so it's not okay. um, it's, in terms of what I get involved in. It's not land land site. So it's either um, development of um, so purchasing of of, um, 
run-down properties that are going to be developed into or split into apartments or, or developed into um, houses, right. as well as, so you did mention land sites. I, so there is the opportunity to do land sites as well where um, land is being purchased and then a, a, a property or properties are going to be developed on them. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that seems like a very interesting, yeah. um, a very interesting approach to someone who has very little capital, um, but still wants to get involved in um, in property development. I take it. Um, so, so okay. So you, you don't have a lot of money, but still you want to get in, involved. The returns are what is it? How how are, how are returns actually calculated? Is it is it based on a, a time frame? So you might get maybe five percent every every year. Uh, per annum or is it a case where it's at, at the completion of the development you would be entitled to um, a return on the on the sale of these projects so it's, so the developments that I've been involved in is on completion of the project now um, there's a benefit that I wanted to um, highlight um, with the crowdfunding um, development projects the other advantages so um, you can look at it in a couple of ways which is Okay, I can come in if I haven't got loads of money up front. I've got thousands of pounds up front, but I want to gain an insight into development projects. Um, what are the legal per, uh, legal terms? Um, what does it look like in terms of being part of a, a group of shareholders, etc.? Um, yeah. This is a good way. To, so it's the education value that you can gain from being uh, uh, um, investing in one of these projects right. as well as the tangible I can go out on site and and see the project in process right. and have access you know to see the builders or the um, you know the developers etc so yeah no I was going to say so so, so that, that's an, an, another uh, advantage with as uh, along with getting your return um, at the end of the, of the completion of the project so so in your case would you say you're more involved in this project apart from having a financial return but it's more so the learning process that you're going to pick up along the way yeah there, there are those elements so so if i if i look at it in terms of my involvement in, proje- in projects mm-hmm. i have been on site to see um so the the the, the developers or the crowdfunded developers that we work with i've been on site to see other, you know, other projects that they've been involved with or completed. Right. Okay. I have, you know, seen the builders or the building team. I have met with other investors um, when we've been on site visits, yeah. uh, and then we, we, you know, we get a regular progress updates. So we're in the loop in terms of the legal documentation, the progress updates of the development, and then any shareholder calls or. Um, um, Zoom calls that, that I had, right. so we can kind of, you know, so we, we we're kind of getting a good sense of what uh, an overall development project looks like, along with if you have any specific questions yourself that you you want to to fire fire in. Right, that's interesting. That's interesting. Right, okay, okay. That sounds like I mean that sounds that sounds pretty uh pr- pr- pretty good. Um, yeah. So you so you, so you basically get that you you basically get a full uh, uh, spectrum. Um, around yeah. um, around a project, which uh, yeah. can potentially lead on to other things. So let me so let me ask this question: In the case of uh, projects that you're working on right now, in this um, method by way of crowdfunding, I mean, mm-hmm. what, what what developments are you working on? 
So there, there is a, a development right now in Hackney. Yeah. So, so we work with um, uh, a, a company called E18. Yeah. And um, in terms of E18, they are um, th- this this project was a purchase of a Victorian house uh-huh. that was being made um, developed into three apartments. Right. So in, initially, the time frame for that project was um, like eighteen months. Yeah. But with with the current um, COVID situation, so everything development wise has been completed. Yeah. Um, it's just there's been a delay um, on the sales of some of those properties because of the um, COVID situation. Yeah. So no access for for people to take a look at these houses. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 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 So now that things are back up, um, I mean, was was that the first one you've done, or have you done quite a few um, using the crowdfunding? No, that, that's that's the fir- that's the first um, one that I've done on a, a crowdfunding investment. Right. Okay. Okay. And what and what about um, so that is in the UK? I know that you mm-hmm. I know that you're looking at other stuff in other locations. What what, what are you doing? What what are you doing in other locations? Right. Okay. So other locations. We also um, invested in in buying land in Ghana. Right. Okay. And actually, okay. now now you mentioned that you've now brought me back to your other question earlier, which was. What are some of the, the the challenges or hang-ups that you've had uh, on on the property journey? Yes. So, in, in Ghana, um, as I mentioned earlier, uh, you, you know, going out there back in 2012, seeing how fast things are progressing out there and developing, um, we wanted to kind of get involved, and, and we again looked at property and land as as the vehicle that we wanted to to get involved in. I'm also involved. Um, on the tech side with, with things going on in Ghana, but I won't go into detail with that. Okay. But in terms in terms of purchasing um, the land, we started the process in um, 2012. Okay. So not 2012. Um, not, is it 2012? Six years now. So 2014, we okay. started the process. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, w- I went through the process of um, one of my relatives um, is a, a chief, or in the UK that would be like a, a mayor um, of an of a area in Ghana. Yeah. And so because of that relationship, it meant that we could um, basically purchase the land at a discounted price. Um, okay. But then there's the process. So the challenge that we had was the whole process of, you know, when the initial um, payment that we made to purchase the land and then all the, you know, the process to get the documentation done, um, the relevant chiefs to sign it off, um, the land registry and the tax offices and all of that process, which basically took six years and a lot of, <laughs> of, of a lot of chasing. Oh, my <laughs> God. Okay. That's, that, that is definitely uh, a challenge. <laughs> a challenge, six, yeah. six, six years to complete. On a piece of land. Yes. Wow. Okay. And, 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 and I think our six years, if you speak to a lot of people, that's like, um, in some cases, very good because there's <laughs> other people that could tell you, you know, a lot more horror stories horror in terms st- of, yeah. you know, they bought the land and then someone else came to say the land was theirs, etc. Wow. Yeah. But, but, yeah. but the, the point I make is there's a lot of great opportunity going, uh, going on in Ghana. So, yeah. so there's the three Ps that, that I always say to people, which is, um, you know, when you're, de- when you're doing business or, you know, buying properties or land in Ghana, you need to have three things, which is um, a passion that you want to do something in, in, 
you know the continent in the motherland continent yeah. um the um patience to get stuff done and just the perseverance yeah. so 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 it's those three things and you know we we eventually got there with with everything being you know fully 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 processed after you know chasing chasing and chasing and chasing yeah, yeah. But, but we got it done yeah. um the the other thing that we we we're also looking at um which again is really kicking off in, in um, or picked up in Ghana, I should say, is um, the development of luxury apartments. Wow. Okay. So, so, so there are a lot of, you know, really highly professional um, developers out in, in Ghana. So you've got people who maybe from the, the diaspora who have moved back to Ghana mm-hmm. because they've seen, they've seen this, this opportunity. So, um, the developments. I mean, I've been out to several of these personally, and you know the, the quality and the level that they're being built to is exceptional. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, 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 so, and so we're in the process of, um, of um, you know acquiring a um, luxury apartment right. that we're going to invest invest in out there, which is all you know self. It's uh, not self managed. It's managed by uh, you know the development. They have management companies as well, so um, it, you know it's a good, a good hands-off investment. Yeah, yeah. So, so let me so let me ask you in in the case of um, like investing in Ghana and those locations, when mm-hmm. you, I mean, so so you're investing in that location. What are you actually looking for? Because I know that at times people go into these ventures, especially in Africa, their heart is actually in the deal. They've got a, they've got a fascination or a love of of, of Ghana. Um, or Africa mm-hmm. in, in general. So when you look at the numbers, they don't always stack up because of someone's right. emotional uh, attachment. In your case, what sort of returns are you actually looking at by way of um, this kind of investment? Right, okay. So again, that's a, that's a very good point. So, so again, um, with the developers that I look at, it's it, it, to your, your point there, which is what's the returns that you're looking at, yeah. looking at. So there's a couple of things. One is um, the returns, uh, you know, or anything between kind of ten to fifteen percent. Wow, that's not bad. Okay, so so they're they're good returns. The other the other advantage um, with with um, investments in Ghana is that rental, in terms of how they pay their rent out there, yeah. they pay um, a year or a few years in up advance. front. Wow. Okay. okay. In advance. So, so in one sense, depending on how you're structuring your purchase, whether you are doing that, um, you know, in terms of you are putting the cash in yeah. or whether you are leveraging, you know, borrowing money to facilitate um, a deal, uh, you, can, you can factor in certain things that, okay, I can, um, I can gain a, 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 a large sum, sorry, a large um, lump sum of my investment up front. If I'm able to, if you're renting it out on a uh, an annual or two or three year basis up front. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. That sounds uh, that sounds pretty good. One one thing I'm not too sure about. Um, please fill mm-hmm. me on if if you've got if you've got the answer for this. But in the case of um, like properties in in Ghana and stuff, do do properties actually appreciate in price? 
So I, I I haven't looked at the appreciation to because I've looked at the, uh, development. Yeah, I haven't looked at the yeah. So I can't I can't comment on that in terms right, of okay. uh, price appreciation. I, yeah. I I I know they I know they do appreciate from um, you know a personal um, personal experience would be like say for example my mum owns her house out there. I know yeah. that the value of that is higher than now than when she she first purchased it i don't right, know how okay. high those or quick the appreciation happens but yeah. I, I know that it does okay okay yeah i mean yeah i mean it sounds it sounds interesting the um the stuff that you're doing in ghana have you, have you ever mm-hmm. cons- have you ever considered um crowdfunding out in places like ghana to do developments or anything like that not not at this stage no uh, because okay. again again i, I don't uh, I'd, I'd need to know more about the, the market or the, I, I think anything's possible, um, but I'd, I'd need to have the, you know, we'd need to know there's either people who have got that infrastructure there and they can demonstrate this is how they're doing it successfully, or um, I would need to, to be involved. Some of the pointers that you've been given around your, your investment strategy, uh, your journey that you've actually undertaken in uh, not just work, but also uh, in the case of property and your family and how you actually organize yourself around your family, the impact and the importance of having people that support you and give you perspective by way of whether or not it's your wife or your brothers and sisters um, that can help you push forward what your agenda is, is also so very important. And mm-hmm. again, for, for a number of people that I've actually interviewed, the fact that you don't have a, a university degree stop them from making power moves or progress in their lives the way they want to. Um, I've realized that from a number of people that I've interviewed, a lot of people is actually a hindrance when you do have that, when you do have that degree. And the reason being, it makes you a bit more cautious and you overprocess things a lot of the time, you know? Right. So uh, for me, I mean, it's, it's great to hear uh, your story and, and the things that you're, you're, you're doing um, because I'm sure that it will encourage other people who are, from our from our background, I mean, look, you mm-hmm. you you're, you're from a council estate, just like just like me. Um, mm-hmm. You're 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 from an, an environment where um, a lot of people didn't expect a lot to happen out of. Um, right. But still, we're, we're still able we're still able to go out there and and, and make something and create things that um, that are better able to service our communities and service our families, which is which is a great thing. You know? Yeah. 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 No, I, I, I absolutely. Um, agree with hundred percent, and um, I think in terms of like you said, it, it, it it's the ethic. Yeah. You know, I, I was I was listening to um, an interview earlier again with someone who said, "Look, I, 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 he didn't like the the whole university, and it's not that I don't like university. You know, I'm, I'm all for people and you know good quality education, yeah. but I think you need you you also need that ethic." Um, within you or that um, ability, you know, you know, that, that inner ability that's going to drive you or Absolutely. Um, give you the edge in terms of what, whatever it is that your um, chosen field is. Absolutely. You know, Julian, it's been wicked speaking to you. I really do appreciate it. I really do. Your, I mean, you setting some time aside for us to talk over these things. And yeah. um, I'm, I'm hoping that you continue to contribute to the, by the block UK, uh, group um yes where we where, where our community meets and discusses and shares ideas 
because that is definitely yeah. something that I feel that we as a community we need we need to start sharing and understanding that um, we're not competition but what we are what, what we are rather are is a network of people that can actually work together and grow together mm-hmm. no definitely and Kevin I'd, I'd also like to say I mean it's, it's great in terms of the the, the platform and the network um, that, that by the block has created because just for everyone listening I, I actually thought when I saw the title by the block I thought okay this is maybe a crowdfunding um, community yeah. who are looking to, to buy up blocks um, to, 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 to benefit <laughs> our community yeah so yeah. But, but listen but it, it, don't hold terms don't, of the con- go on what, so I say go is, on. what I say is don't hold your breath though don't be surprised if it does happen because if, if, if it we, gets to that. yeah, because we're all, we're already starting to look at um, joint savings, so communal saving, in order to invest right. in property and other things. But we can talk about that another time. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. So, so I think it's it's great in terms of the the, the network that you you're, you're pulling together, so that people can get um, you, you know that insight or support or le- you know collaborate yeah. um, with, with, within our community. So uh, you know, I think it's you know it's a, it's a great. Um, platform that you're creating and, and, and you know your passion in terms of uh, wanting to, to push this and in, encourage and inspire people to the, um, you know greater things within you absolutely. know property and, and um, financial independence absolutely absolutely okay then uh, Julian join us on the podcast next week when I'm sure we'll have another just as interesting individual but thank you for your time